traveling the vortex. Seven, 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 it's pointy on the top. Seven, 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 a big karate chop. We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex and landed episode number 139. And I shall become all-powerful, crush the lesser races, conquer the galaxy, unimaginable power, unlimited rice pudding, etc., 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 because I am Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? It wasn't until... <laughs> I, I never would have said until you did it. Listening to your delivery of that line, I wish now I'd incorporated more of those lines when I wrote the monologue for Dr. Autobot. Because <laughs> <laughs> didn't it sound like Dr. Autobot? Yeah, it did. It, it did, didn't it? Yeah, very yeah. much so. I wish I'd have thrown unlimited rice pudding in there. That would have been a great one. And I wouldn't have got it at the time. <laughs> no, you've been lost. You've been like, I'm not reading that. I'm like, that's kind of funny. I'll read that. How are you guys? Do you have a good week? Yeah, very good week. Very busy week. But very what'd, good you, week. what'd you guys do? Anything fun? I started my vacation on Friday. Your staycation? My staycation. Some mini photos from the museum. Yes, yeah. Well, it's, that's kind of my deal now, I think. You know what? I'm time traveling. That's my this is my Doctor Who staycation. Time traveling in Kansas. So yeah, no Friday I went to the uh, Kansas Museum of History and walked around there because I thought, you know what? That's one of those places that I never go with my family because I've got young kids. They're too young to appreciate it, so I don't get a chance to you know really sit and read everything. And Holly's been there a couple of times and she doesn't care too much for it anymore. And so. I thought, you know what, I've been there years and years and years ago, but I hadn't been there in a long time, and so I took the morning and went out there and spent three and a half hours. Wow, that's pretty impressive. It is, especially since it's not a real huge exhibit area. No, it really isn't. Um, read everything, did everything, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, uh, no, something that sparked my interest was, you know, they, the uh, um, anniversary, or the 150th anniversary of Quantel's Raid was this week, and right. so they got me kind of thinking about the history of that and how that all started. And I thought, you know, I bet a lot of that information's out there. So, How was the temporary right exhibit? Uh, what, what was it? Kind of right. lame. It's furniture. Furniture of Kansas. Okay. <laughs> so it's like historic. <laughs> not historic, but it's furniture. <laughs> it's furniture. They had this thing. They normally have really cool yeah. temporary. Oh, they, well, they have this. God you walk in museum. and there's this, you know, set of dishwasher, dish or not dishwasher. It was a washing machine, a dryer, and a stove. And... It was very Art Deco because it was from the like fifties. These were actually from the fifties. They were these salmon pink. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So, which was kind of neat. Glamorous I, living in the I like retro. I like I like that retro look and, and things like that. So I thought that was pretty cool. Snapped a shot of that. Then they had a really cool dollhouse. And then you go on around the corner, and, and a lot of it's just historic furniture. And you know, they had they had like a dentist chair, I believe. They had mm-hmm. a one. Uh, they had an embalming table <laughs> from a funeral. <laughs> They had dressers and stuff like that, and some of them were very ornate and handmade, and they they, they, they were kind of nice looking. But then, as I got to the back of this thing, I saw this really boring '70s style business desk <laughs> and a clock and a chair on a back on this back wall. And I thought, who puts this in this kind of exhibit? And it wasn't until I got closer that I looked up and saw Ed Asner's picture on the wall, and I went, what? And I read it, and it's the desk that Lou Grant used in Mary Tyler Moore. Really? It's the desk, the chair, and the clock from the TV series. They've got it here at the museum, a temporary. 
And of course, the, the Kansas connection there for anybody that doesn't know, I'm Ed curious Asner, to know what the Kansas connection. Ed Asner is, is from Kansas. He actually uh, was born and raised here. Yeah. So, ah, yeah. So yeah, that made my that. day because you guys know I'm a huge fan of classic television, and, and Mary Tyler Moore has always been one of my favorite shows. So that was really really cool. Um, and then you know the the majority of the exhibits are always been it's there. The same, and it's yeah. just, but it's it's kind of Kansas through the years. It's, and it, it's what, I want to say I went a couple of years ago, and I was, I'd been I'd been before that, obviously, as a younger, and didn't really care one way or another. But going back later, a lot of important stuff happened in Kansas, and I gave credit for. Yeah, and there, there's a lot of rich history here, which well, you know, like is Kansas, a lot of overlooked. Kansas is believed to be the the key that kicked off the Civil War. Yeah, so. Because when Kansas won its right as a free state and was going to be, or wanted to be entered into the Union, that's when the southern states started to secede. And because they seceded, the nation divided, and that's why Kansas became a state, because it it sent several uh, constitutions to Congress to be ratified. And they wouldn't ratify it because there was such a dispute between whether it would be a free state or it would be a slave state. And when all of those Democrats that were in the southern states that seceded from the Union left, well, the state got to got its ratification because yeah. they were all gone and it became a free state. So it sort of kicked off the uh, – or it was kind of the predecessor to the uh, American Civil War. So uh, remember that Civil War thing? Yeah, it was our bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I don't think that was just us, but – that was totally just us. <laughs> and uh, Caitlin, this weekend, uh, well, finished series three of Doctor Who, oh, wow. so she blew through that in a week. That's um, yeah, really quick. She's she's mainlining it pretty much for what a ten year old can mainline. She'll sit down and watch four or five <laughs> at a time. Just to, just, she's absolutely enjoying the ride too. So that's been fun. Uh, Mason has for a soccer game on Saturday morning, so that was a lot of fun. We did that. Mm. And then uh, today, uh, my family, my extended family, has a uh, fantasy football league. And so we held our draft today online and got all that situated and squared, squared away. So that's done and will be a lot of fun to participate in uh, coming this season. So Yeah, because preseason started last week, is that right? Uh, preseason's in Two week yeah, three. It'll be next next week's the last week of preseason, and then the following Thursday will be the first series or first uh, season game, regular season game. How'd you do in your draft? I did really well, and I tell you the the reason I did is because I got this app. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> well, there's an app for that? Because in the years past, I've drafted based on just player ranking. Because I I pretty limited on my knowledge of statistics in football. I'm not a huge sports fan. I enjoy, of the sports, I do enjoy watching American football, but um, I don't delve into the stats or know the players that well or, or anything, but I enjoy playing fantasy football. I think it's a lot of fun, especially since it's just my family that does it. And well, it's a great uh, RPG. It is. It's exactly what it is. It's an RPG for jocks. So I really enjoy playing, but I don't really get into those stats that much, so I needed a little help, and I downloaded an app this year that 
like I say, in years past, I've just based on, on ranks, you know, how the, the average rank is. But this one kind of walked me through a lot of the, based on our league and how points are scored, it kind of, it, it weights certain players in certain ways. And this was the first time that I didn't sit there going, okay, I'm going to draft this guy when it comes around. Oh, my God, he's been taken. All right, I'm going to draft this guy when he ta- Oh, he's been taken. This is the first time that I actually almost got every one of my draft picks on my uh, main team. Really? Yeah, I was shocked. That's pretty I was like, impressive. Wow. So, well, we'll see how it goes because <laughs> that may just totally tank me this year. But I haven't, I haven't won for. Well, I haven't, I haven't won since we've done our league yet. So I made it in the playoffs a couple of years ago. But you know, so yeah, something's got to turn my luck. <laughs> <laughs> how many chief players do you have? I have one. I have Dwayne Bow. I don't know what that that's means. a good choice to have <laughs> yeah. if you're going to have anybody. <laughs> Of course, unfortunately, it usually requires a quarterback to throw him yes, some, exactly. some passes. But well, we've we've got a, we've got some prospects this year. Yeah, we actually That's won true. on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Or no, what day was that? Saturday. Uh, yeah, yeah. preseason's season's all Saturday games, right? Not always, but most. Not of most there was most one today. Yeah, oh, was it one today? Yeah. Well, there was, it was there was football on the TV. I assumed it was preseason. <laughs> yeah, no, they had they had games today. Sean, what'd you do? I had an amazingly busy week. Uh, I got my cameras for school. Oh. Cameras, plural. Ooh. So I picked up my Canon uh, DSLR 60D, which I'm all excited about. And Best Buy had a great deal where if you bought the camera, we'd give you $300 off a lens. I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. So I bought this. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> I bought this massive 300 uh, millimeter telephoto zoom lens, which I'm all kinds of excited about getting to play with. And because I saved so much money on the lens, I treated myself to a GoPro. Ah, I saw your GoPro picture. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very jazzed, and I've been watching GoPro videos all week long. You know, <laughs> GoPro falls off of airplane. GoPro in shark's mouth. GoPro does it. It's like, what can we do with it? I'm ready. Bring it on. I did see the movie that you posted. You said, this is Wasn't how that you cool? use a GoPro. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. Did you watch that? Yeah, I did. Oh, pretty yeah. impressive. Um, it almost makes it too realistic. He throws the dog through the window. Yeah. It almost makes it too realistic. It's like, whoa. Anyway, um, so that was really cool. And then um, had uh, first week of classes this week. So How did classes go? Classes went pretty good. Um, I'm very, strangely, excited about the math class. <gasps> um, so far, we haven't done any math. That's always well, promising. That's, that's, that would be exciting. It's all, you know, guesstimate. If you drank this much liquid during the course of your lifetime, how many bathtubs could you fill with it? Oh, I can do that yeah. math. What, yeah. what class is that? Is that what it all is? So far. So, knock on wood. Don't ruin this for me. <laughs> but and it counts as a math class? That's what they're doing. What, what's the name of the class? But not only that, it counts. There's hope for me if I go back to school. Not only that, as, as a, <laughs> it counts as the math credit. The wow. You know, you have to have college algebra to get yeah, out. Yeah. It counts as that. <gasps> I could so what's, do that. What's, what's the name of this class? What um, is this? I, yeah, please. Essential, essential um, mathematics. I'm going to take that because I, I. That's that's why I do what I do because I am so bad at math. Of course, <laughs> a Sometimes. third of what we do is is math because we have to time shows. But it's basic math. Yeah, but it's real math. super basic. Well, you know, it's basic addition, subtraction, multiplication, some division. I can do that. Right. You right. start throwing fractions in. It's like eh, okay, I can still play ball a little bit. But you're going to have to stick me out in the way left field where no nothing comes my direction. <laughs> Look at me, sports analogy tonight. <laughs> um, but yeah, so far it's all you know, and and people immediately were pulling out calculators and this and that. And she says, no, 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 don't, no numbers, just just guesstimate. 
And it's like, wow. lady, if you That's expect me to guesstimate awesome. all semester long, I might be looking at the first <laughs> A I have ever gotten in math because I can guesstimate the hell out of that. <laughs> but so far, so good on that. Um, I do have to rework uh, a good chunk of the rest of my schedule after I thought I was being so clever and so cool at getting it nailed down that this was oh. how it was going to work um, due to a situation from last semester that uh, is apparently still percolating. So I don't know if I talked about it on the on on, on air or not. I, don't know I, I had a, a I had a running with a teacher that didn't go favorably for him, and uh, so there's still fallout happening. In fact, I was encouraged to not go near that particular building if I could at all avoid it on campus. It's like really, wow. it's to that point, and it's like yeah. Is okay. this who I think it is? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'll fill you in. I really there be that much fallout. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought so. I would have. Thought, I mean, I, I did what I thought was right. Well, and you, you did absolutely what was right. They, they apparently came down on him because of it, and apparently it's not sitting well. Hmm. Somebody got a little stuff stuck in their craw, I guess. But yeah, I was. Uh, it was really funny because the, the conversation was something effective. Well, you have your own equipment. I was like, well, I will have by the end of this week. Good, use it. Don't go to the checkout room. You've got your own editing software. And I said, yeah, use it. So, okay, you understand that, like, my entire school career, I've been told I can't edit off campus, right? I have to come into the editing room and do this. No, go home and do it. It's like, okay, that's mm. what I wanted to do to begin with. <laughs> so, wow. But, yeah, it caused a little bit of a disruption. And and the, the sad thing is that I may not be able to – I kind of thought that if I pushed myself, I might actually be able to knock everything out and graduate next spring. Mm-hmm. Realistically, I don't think I'm going to be able to push myself that hard, and I'll probably be looking at yet another semester after that. But that's okay. You're becoming a career student. I've been a career student. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then uh, Thursday, Mel and I went to Kansas City and saw the Cornetto trilogy. Mm, yeah, how was it? Oh my god, it was awesome. <laughs> It was so. First of all, okay. So the experience of the Cornetto trilogy, for those that don't know, Blood and Ice Cream trilogy is uh, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. It's Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and the new one, World's End, that uh, that just came out. So you got to see all three of them. Boom, 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 boom. The experience in and of itself. First of all, you know, hey, any excuse to watch these movies again on the big screen, I'm all in favor of. Mel had never seen Shaun of the Dead on the big screen, so that was mm-hmm. kind of a big deal for her, yeah. and we had a lot of fun. Now, when you work up until you know. and it's like, okay, we're hauling to get to Kansas City, which is an hour away from here, and then you arrive, and you're just a little behind from when you thought you were going to be able to get there, because it kicked off promptly at 5.30, but we didn't get to leave at 4.30, and, Mm -hmm. you know, all this kind of stuff, so we were a little late getting there. It was 20 bucks for the trilogy, plus a t-shirt, and a lanyard. Sweet! 20 bucks for all three movies? Plus a t-shirt? I mean, I won't get to wear it. I'm sure they don't have fat guy sizes, but that's all right. They never have fat guy sizes. 20 bucks plus a t-shirt, right? No, there were no t-shirts. Like, there were t-shirts. There were rumors of t-shirts, but there was a limited supply of these t-shirts. There were no lanyards. It's like, what do you mean there's no lanyard? Well, apparently that was a limited thing. And it was first come, first serve. So like, great. So, and of course, we're both starving. Neither of us have eaten. So I'm spending a king's ransom at the... uh, (laughs) At the concession. Now, I will say this for the AMC. Did you know you could get a chicken fingers basket at the AMC? Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty good. The one we went... That's the same one we went to go see Hunger Games, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I could have eaten at all, Applebee's for what I paid for the chicken fingers basket. But, <laughs> but of course, was, yeah. But it was pretty good. I mean, I'd have paid yeah, well, that much for... You could have the chicken finger basket at Applebee's. Yeah, I could have gone to Applebee's. Do you like those anymore? Okay. 
Yes, I do. <laughs> I just saw your his why it's my W. His photo challenge this week was or I'm today was playing catch well, up. He's catching up, yeah. Wizard Boss. So um so there was that. So um we got in there, of course the theater's packed. It was like, Oh, where are we going? We're gonna wind up down front again. I hate being down front for and then I see this guy and he's got two empty seats bracketing him and it's like, There's no way. There's absolutely no way. <laughs> but I'm gonna go up and ask. Sir, are are these seats taken? No. Really? No. Would you mind terribly scooting over one so that we can sit together? Yeah. <laughs> Great seats for the whole so it was like, okay, fantastic. So we're there. And there's no Cornetto ice cream. It's like, really? You're doing the Cornetto trilogy and you don't have Cornetto ice cream? <laughs> I'd buy it. I'm not asking for free samples. I just right. they're, they're, no. I mean, yeah, we've got ice cream at the thing. But I asked about it. It was like, hey, where's the Cornetto at? And the woman running the thing went, wow, that would have been a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and because they had to import it, they could have charged more. Yeah. I don't know. So all, all of that You can't aside, just have a regular drumstick. It's not the same. Uh, another AMC employee who was there happened to overhear part of my conversation with this woman. And he says, here, here, whoa, whoa, stop, stop, stop. Here. And he gave us a lanyard and a T-shirt. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. He gave us his. And he's like, I work at the one up in Barry Woods. He says, I had to take the day off to come down here because this is the only one in the market that's doing this. And then apparently the Alamo Draft House was also doing it. But he said, you know, I, we get limited supplies and stuff. He says, I don't know why. They did the same thing to us when we did the Dark Knight trilogy. And when we do this, that's always here. And he says, I always hate that it's this first come, first serve stuff. But he says, I got a lot of good stuff at home. I want you to have oh, this. Nice. So that's I gave him cool. the T-shirt. And uh, then is it, what's the T-shirt? Oh. It's it's uh, the front of it is the map of the pub crawl. Oh, that's cool. And then on the back, it's a list of all the bars. <laughs> nice. So it's like a tour shirt. So it's like a tour shirt. Nice. It's very cool. Nice. Um, and then we stuck around after the credits and everything had rolled, and we found a lanyard that somebody had discarded with their cheesy nachos. So I took it home and cleaned it up. That's <laughs> like I got myself a lanyard. But uh, so we did that. Um, movies are still phenomenal, great. I mean, these are going to rank See, all I the wish, time. I wish I liked Hot Fuzz better. I just yeah, it so was not I, very good. It, See, it I, was not. It was. It was, good. it was for. It was good for what it was. For, it's just, for what it was. Just, yeah. I mean, it's funny. I don't just, get me wrong. It, I, I enjoyed watching it. I just don't know those movies as well as I know zombie movies. Well, it wasn't even. It wasn't even so much that. It's just some of the. I mean, it, I am totally in the minority here, then, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I enjoy. Hot I, mean, Fuzz. I, I own Hot Fuzz. I, I love them both. I think Hot Fuzz is a better made movie than than Shaun of the Dead. Yes, it's better made quality wise, but I, I story. It, I plot and in, in comedy wise, it, it falls down. It's not See, near as funny. I, I think Sean. across I think the board, it probably it's has funnier. a better plot, but I don't think it's as funny. I think across the board, it's it's better and funnier. But Dave said the same thing because Dave was there, and he admitted that he says he's not as up on the buddy cop action genre, and he doesn't enjoy those type of movies as much. So maybe yeah, that's why he doesn't like Hot Fuzz. Um, so there's that. Um, but uh, World's End, by the way, is phenomenal. Yeah, it's well, just I, as good. Everything and, that I've seen. It looks like a fantastic movie. I think that it's on Rotten Tomatoes. All three of them have ninety-one percent. That wouldn't surprise me. I was a little worried going into it. Just after when you sit through Shaun of the Dead and then you sit through Hot Fuzz, it's like it can't be this good. There's no way they're <laughs> going to be able to do this a third time. And they managed it's to pull it's it off. It's taken long enough for the third one to come. Yeah, out. Well, I didn't realize Hot Fuzz was two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like wow. I went and saw that when Westridge Eight was still or Six was still around inside the mall. Oh, good God. Yeah. That's how long <laughs> That's it's a been. a time ago. But it, it, it's probably it, the last movie I ever saw there. It ju- just like the others, it manages to work as a, 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 a actually fairly intense sci-fi thriller uh, and, a, and a comedy. And it, it even though it's not a sequel, it very much feels 
continues the thread. Like, like it's continuing this thread because it's these group of nearing 40-somethings that go on this pub crawl to kind of recapture the glory days of their youth. And you just kind of get the feel that these are the same the same guys from Shaun of the Dead that now that they're X number of years later that they're, you know, they're kind of reliving their past <laughs> by putting out another movie. It just, it just kind of has that feel to it. Um, the very interesting thing, and I'm not spoiling anything by saying this, although I didn't know it going in, is that Simon Pegg and uh, Nick Frost kind of have reverse roles oh. in this one. That Nick is very much the straight-laced, responsible adult, and Simon too, Pegg yeah. is the screw-up. And it's like, I did not expect that, yeah, because it's I not been the pattern. But, that too. but it works. It, it totally works for what they were doing. So. Hmm. Uh, Big, big, big thumbs way up for World's End. Definitely go see it. And no, you don't have to see the other two beforehand. Although, obviously, yes, there's a few little in jokes jokes that if you have seen them, you'll totally appreciate. Always include in the trailers. Yeah, yeah. The the fence gag. Right. Well, this one was the Coronetto joke that was not there, and I kept waiting and waiting and waiting, and then it finally showed up. (laughs) It was like, whoa, okay, I get it now. But yeah, the fence gag's always there, but. So, yeah, we did that and had an absolute blast. It was a, a great time. A lot of fun. And then um, we were supposed to be shooting a movie this weekend, and that didn't hmm. wind up happening. Nobody was available. So we did our Flash Gordon tweet-along yeah. instead. But we did our Flash Gordon tweet-along. <laughs> Which was a lot of fun. I feel bad that Chrissy couldn't make it because she was, yeah. didn't, wasn't able to get her uh, DVD. But we had a lot of fun. That's what happens when we do things last minute. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> well, Chrissy should just own Flash Well, Gordon. I didn't know it's until fun. Friday that we were that you weren't doing the forty-eight hour film festival, and so I like how that uh, you know is you know I didn't know until Friday that you weren't doing the forty-eight hour film festival. <laughs> it was supposed to be a group. Well, I knew activity. I wasn't doing it because as soon as Dave looked for the interest on Monday, I was the first one to post to say I was out. Uh, so I, I've known since Monday but, but, I wasn't. But you doing should it. have known since the beginning of the summer when we said we're definitely doing this one this weekend. You blocked that weekend. That's what did I did. We say we're definitely yes. doing this. One? I don't remember. That. I don't yes, remember. we definitely said because it's the, this is the, the this is the big one. This, was this, this is this is more important to us than Wild West because. It's national, but that's okay. This is just a bad we weekend. Never have any <laughs> luck at op- well or opportunity because I, I there's just there's semi pros that enter this one, and I just it, it's, it's the hardest one to compete in. Which we deserve the challenge. Don't get me wrong, but it's the one that I don't think we'll ever be able to compete on the scale that some of these guys do. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's an honor just to be nominated. Mm. <laughs> Did you do anything else? No, that was the end, kind of the end of that. What did you do? Uh, well, first... <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> an update on my mom. Oh, yeah. She went in Tuesday, and they said, okay, we're going to have to do surgery, after all. Went in Thursday, and got two pins and uh, soft splints put in. So she was in surgery on Thursday. She's doing better. Um in a bit more pain than she was before she got those pins. But I guess having pins in your arm would hurt. Um, she said she said it's supposed to hurt. So she, yeah. uh, today she was off pain meds. And it was just a little bit of pain. And she's going back to work tomorrow, so that's good. And then Sarah, Thursday, went under... Not the knife. I don't know what to call it. it not so much surgery as a procedure of balloon sinoplasty. And it took its toll. It's quite the intense procedure. 
So I took off Thursday and spent the day with her and took care of her. Went to work Friday. And then spent a weekend taking care of her. She's doing better now. Um, the hydrocodone was making her really sick. Violently sick. That's too bad. Yeah. So I like hydrocodone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I get sick on hydrocodone, mm. too. As soon as you told me, oh, we switched over to Tylenol, she's doing much better. I was like, dude, if I'd have known that she was taking hydrocodone, well, I'd say, get her off of that, because <laughs> it's no good for her. She was afraid of that having a lot of pain. That's works for me if I have a lot of pain is hydrocodone. Really? Yeah. And they even prescribed an anti-nausea pill, which stopped her from vomiting, but the nausea was still there. And that was just taking half a hydrocodone. So she switched to Tylenol uh, yesterday. And her stomach's a lot better. Her head hurts more. Mm. It's just a trade-off. She's going to do that. I'll take a headache all day, every day, before I pick stomach. And she's been... She seems to get better at night. I don't know if it's just because the Tylenol builds up more in her system after after sleeping or whatnot. Mm -hmm. But we got a lot of movies watched. Uh, Let's see. Thursday, we watched Love Actually, which I'd never seen before. What? I'd never seen Love Actually. Get out of here. Yeah. Really? That's I've, not, I've never seen Love Actually to, What? Yeah. It's one of my top ten films on, of all time. On Blu-ray if you want to borrow. I'd like to borrow at some point. Actually, and, uh, I never gave you Pirates to borrow. Love Actually is one of my all-time Pirates. favorite films. Misfits? It's, oh, I never got my yeah, It's right. one of my top three holiday films, favorite holiday films. It was very enjoyable. Oh, should I wait for a holiday to watch it's it? It's a Christmas. It's movie. a Christmas movie. Should I wait for Christmas to watch it? You can watch it after no, you watch should it. Again watch for it immediately. It's such a good film. Yeah, but yeah, I'm always in the mood for new Christmas movies. It's. I think it's a great Christmas. You can only movie. watch Christmas Vacation and Christmas Story so often. Yeah, no, like this year, I'm looking there's forward no, to. There's you know, no. You can only watch Die Christmas Hard Vacation. and Iron Man Three. No, there's there's no. You can <laughs> and kiss, only kiss, bang, watch. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. No, there is no. You can <laughs> only watch. Vacation, Christmas vacation, so often because that is a must every year. You have to watch that film every year. I do. I don't. I don't. Love Actually is another one. Every Love year. Actually is gonna every year now. Now to kick off our Christmas celebrations, every year we're gonna watch Love Actually and Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, that's another one. The, See, I uh, have to rotate them around because if I watch them every year, I get bored with and them. And then I'll watch Nightmare Before Christmas I, on my own. There's some that I rotate out. <laughs> you can watch that one on your own. There are some that I rotate out. But, well, I'll come over and watch that one. Okay. okay. There's some of them that I rotate out, but there are, there are, Love Actually has to be every year. Christmas Vacation has to be every year. Nightmare on Elm Street has to be every year. Or Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> 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 every year. Is that a great, great Christmas movie. No. There's a Nightmare Before Christmas every year. Although I usually watch The Nightmare Before Christmas right after Halloween. Well, you start Christmas right after Halloween. <laughs> no, I don't. I start Christmas after New Year's. But after November New Year's? 1st yet? I mean, <laughs> not New Year's. January 1st, Christmas time. Well, I do. I'm ready for the next year. He's sitting there at home watching the clock. You love Christmas so much. That Here comes the countdown. Halloween ends in three, two. It's Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. My only complaint I with love, do. actually, is it feels like there's too much he's trying to do. And I saw that there's like 30-some minutes of deleted scenes, and I can understand why. <laughs> yeah. There are some stories that aren't resolved, and some stories that are focused on others, and I liked most everything, of the stories. Everything I just felt is, like everything's resolved. Everything's not necessarily well, everything doesn't wrapped happen up happen. nicely. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I like that aspect yeah, I of do it. too. But That's I felt I... like there was, like, the Andrew Lincoln stuff was interesting, it just didn't go anywhere. Yeah. It just didn't. They just didn't explore it. They almost right. could have cut that entire thing, but they already shot it, and they felt bad because they right. paid these actors. But I've watched, <laughs> but I've watched all the deleted scenes, mm-hmm. and there's as much as I love the film, 
If the deleted scenes had been in, it would have been uh, it would have been too much. Movie, in yeah. fact, you, 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 I sat there and I went. There's a lot of times that they'll show you a deleted scene and you'll go, "Why'd you delete that? That was so necessary for this. It's you know, yeah. uh, that's too bad that that got deleted." This is one of those ones where I sit down and I watch the deleted scenes and I go, "Yeah, those were all." <laughs> I mean, what? Well, it's not because it's bad. It's just it's yeah. Not those necessary. that's obviously not necessary. So. Yeah, I just I enjoyed it. I have had that song stuck in my head for several days now. <laughs> the ending one with the Beach Boys, or no, the one the, Bill Nye is singing. The, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I the uh, which it starts with that. I'm like, God only knows is the one that always because oh, because it ends with that. Yeah. It's the one that's always stuck in my head after any time anybody brings up Love Actually. Uh, uh, the God one you're thinking about is the. It's where they change the word to, yeah, to Christmas. Christmas. Bill Nye's whole storyline in the movie. Yeah, which exactly. I enjoyed that part too. That was uh, nice. I just think they could have cut some of the characters and had a better film. See, I disagree because I I, I I get invested in all of the stories. Now I'm really intrigued because there, there, there are some that I wasn't when there are dangling plot lines. It, none, no, of it, dangle. none of them dangle. They just don't wrap up nicely like they should just, in a romantic comedy. You know, which, oh, which well, is what okay, I liked about it. Yeah, me too. It's that's just, what I like. There's I, there's some realism there as well. That's what's very cool. I, I about think it. what I didn't like is the fact that I, there are these other characters that I liked and I didn't get to spend enough time with them. Where there are other characters where I didn't sense. like as much and I spent that, more time. With I can them. see that then. Yeah, I can see. That. I think that's my major problem with it. And then we watched uh, High Fidelity, which Sarah had not seen. Apparently, Glenn doesn't I like that. I don't like that movie. No. How can you not like High Fidelity? It's just not a good film. Oh, it is oh, it an is. awesome film. And it's one of the best adaptations I have ever seen. It's an adaptation? Yeah, it's a book. Huh, I most, didn't know that. most films are. It's um, <laughs> actually set in London in the book. So now I kind of want to go back and reread it now that I know more. I'm more of an Anglophile than when I first read it. And Sarah enjoyed that one. Um, let's see what else did we watch. Or How I Met Your Mother. And Sarah made it through. Are you caught up yet? No, we're in season four still. Oh my gosh, you're so far behind. Well, we just now... (laughs) We started watching it when I was living with Sean. Right, I remember that. And then we just didn't watch it for a long time. I know. And then we... Frustrated the hell out of me. (laughs) Now we've been picking it back up. That's been our... Because I was watching it at the time that I wanted you to be watching it. Yeah. Now I'm caught up and I can't remember anything. I just know it's all great. (laughs) It is great. I'm really enjoying the show. And then Sarah made it through about half of Flash Gordon. So that's one we're going to have to go back and revisit. Well, how many times have they revisited the uh, Robin Sparkles? Uh... <laughs> Let's see. I've seen the the second music video now. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, cool. So you, you've done at least two. Right? Yes. Robin Sparkles. Okay. And then <laughs> the episode right before Christmas where Marshall takes her to the... Um, not Wisconsin, yeah, no Minnesota bar, and then they go to the Canadian bar, and he does karaoke for <laughs> "Let's Go to the Mall." Let's go to the mall. Um, I told you that that's on just one of the Just Dance, yeah, <laughs> games, which is just brilliant. Which shocked the heck out of me. My kids oh, fired like- that up, and I went, "What?" <laughs> That's what? like having you all, everybody, in rock band. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just brilliant. What? <laughs> you all, everybody. I think that's pretty much it for my week. 
Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Went over to uh, Sarah's parents tonight for a little barbecue for her brother's birthday and my a late birthday thing for me, which was good. Cool. Barbecues are always good. Yeah. Of course, I'm the one that always grills, but I don't like <laughs> I like grilling. It's fun. Yeah. Well, shall we move on to news? Sure. Oh, wait. There is no news. There is no news. So there's no news. Week. There's no news. No news at all? Well, there's a bunch of rumors floated out there, but we're not going to mess with them. Yeah, and hints, but we're not going to mess with them. Yeah. Yeah. Until, they, until they hold a little more water. No news is good news. Not so much. But <laughs> well, we do have feedback. What does bring us to feedback? To think maybe you liked us, you liked us a ton. And we just can't wait till the day when we meet in person. And every time I go for the mailbox, gotta hold myself down. Cause we just wait till you write us or comment around We're reading our feedback, whoa We're reading our feedback, whoa We're reading our feedback, whoa About Doctor Who I used to think maybe it's a show, now I know that's not true. And I don't want to spend all my life just waiting for who. (laughs) Now I don't want it back for the weekend, not back for a day. No, no, no. I said, Doctor, I just want you back, and I want you to stay. Oh, yeah, we're reading that feedback. Whoa, we're reading that feedback. Whoa, we're reading that feedback. Whoa, about Doctor Who. Thank you. No present for you. Very good. First up is Sophia. Sophia writes, comment question to my fellow Whovians at Traveling the Vortex. (laughs) My name is Sophia Jacobs, and I'm a free-roaming journalist and part-time designer. I'm also a huge fan of Doctor Who and pushed for my team to create this this nifty little infographic about the Doctor. Just thought I would pass it on because it looks like it would be a cool addition to your site. Here's a link if you'd like to take a gander. And he, she continues with, I hope you're as excited about Peter Capaldi and, of course, the anniversary special as I am. Thanks for your time, Sophia. Absolutely. And so she's a freelance journalist and a Who fan. She's pretty much Sarah Jane. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sarah Jane's writing this. So, uh, yeah, we'll put a link in our show notes and uh, we'll direct people that way so that they can look at it as well. Thank you, Sophia. Who next? Up next... 
I missed the pre-show meeting. <laughs> I was writing those lyrics. It's Brenda. Brenda. Brenda writes, what I did on my summer vacation. And it's a really long tale. <laughs> Dear Vortex Gang, I had hoped to write of my experiences in Cardiff at the Doctor Who experience while I was in England. But a combination of limited time and sketchy internet access throughout the trip defeated that plan. I have posted most of my photos on Facebook. For those who don't have access to that site, I also put them in my public folder on Dropbox. Anyone who wishes to see my photos of the Doctor Who Experience, the Harry Potter Studio Tour, as well as the trip in general, can go to the following link, which you can post on the website. I won't leave them there forever, but they will be there for a couple of weeks at least. Unfortunately, Dropbox doesn't offer a way to caption the photos, so not all may be obvious. Hopefully, my descriptions will make it clear. And we will include said link in show notes. Glenn's working on that now. Firstly, I must praise the UK train system. My two friends and I took a train from London to Cardiff, and it was on time to the minute throughout the trips in both directions. Now that's how to run a railway system. (laughs) We left London in the sunshine, but as we grew closer to Wales, the skies darkened, and by the time we arrived in Cardiff, it was pouring rain. My first sign of the excitement to come was in the train station when I went to the loo. No, this is a clean story, so (laughs) don't let your mind go there. On the back of the toilet stall door was written, Bad Wolf. Of course, I had to get a photo of that, but I'm sure the others waiting in line wondered what I was photographing in the stall. (laughs) When we arrived at the Experience in its specially constructed building on the bay, we were told that our planned walking tour around the bay to visit some of the nearby filming locations was canceled due to the weather. I was initially disappointed, but it was probably best since I had learned just before the trip that I have an un- I have a likely torn tendon in my foot and was hobbling around in a Duracast. I was moving quite slowly and would have been drenched, not to mention in pain. Sometimes divine intervention comes to tell us what we haven't figured out for ourselves. Anyway, we had a bit of time before our time ticket to the experience, so we ate at the cafe in the lobby, surrounded by all sorts of cool murals, a Lego Dalek, and of course... Bessie. My gimp status earned me a wheelchair from customer service, so I got to ride through the afternoon. The first part of the tour is an actual scripted trip on the Starship UK with a smiler through several sets and exhibits, but they didn't allow filming in this bit. The script was written by Stephen Moffat and featured Matt Smith's doctor locked up in the Pandorica chair. It was really funny, and the doctor kept referring to our group as shoppers, planting the seed for our eventual (laughs) trip through the gift shop, no doubt. It was a very interactive as he guided our small group through a series of adventures in the TARDIS with us trying to rescue him and save ourselves. Surrounding us were all sorts of props from the show, like a guide node from the library, the pub sign from Shakespeare's Pub, Van Gogh's TARDIS painting, a clockwork robot from The Girl in the Fireplace, the telescope that destroyed the werewolf, the lifeboat from the SS Bernice, the ship where the third Doctor and Joe got locked in a miniscope, and coincidentally, I had actually seen that <laughs> classic episode. Yeah, it's Carnival Monsters. The throne of the Saturian Matriarch from Venice, the Nestine Intelligence Pods from the Third Doctor's first story, again a classic episode I'd seen, and aquatic cleaning robots that maintained Paradise (laughs) Towers in some classic episode about Kroganons that I haven't seen. I'm getting these details from my guidebook that I bought because everything was coming at us so fast it was pretty much overwhelming. We got to fly the TARDIS as a group, just like when the Doctor was returning to Earth to its proper place at the end of Series 4. And I have to say, as a 60-year-old geek, that was so fun. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
We encountered lots of Daleks at one point while the doctor kept telling us to run. We maneuvered through a forest of angels, and then we were ushered into the Bandorka chamber, actually a small theater, and given 3D glasses as we finally freed the doctor. He warned us that freeing him had opened the crack in time, and everything that ever hated him in every dimension and every universe was coming through. I was sitting fairly close to the screen, and it really did feel like Cybermen, Daleks, Angels, Santarans, Jadoon, and all sorts of other creatures were reaching out toward me right out of the screen. Throughout this 3D film, I kept thinking that someone needed to clean the hair out of the projector because there was a little line running through the screen. (laughs) However, when all the monsters finally returned to their homes, the line gradually turned into the crack in the universe, and the screen appeared to split in half. That's cool. On the other side of the split was the exhibit section, with an old TARDIS greeting us. Squee. (laughs) From then on, we could take photos of everything. And I certainly did. The lighting was a bit dark at times, so some of the photos were blurry with natural light and washed out with a flash. But you get the idea. In that first large room, there was just so much to see. After the photo ops with the TARDIS, there was a big exhibit of Doctor Who features in the Radio Times, the Masters Melkor TARDIS from the classic series, the console for the 5th through 7th Doctors, with Four's burgundy scarf hanging in the corner, a collection of sonic screwdrivers, most of them originals, even from the classic series, various TARDIS keys, the sonic cane from Let's Kill Hitler, the monster locating device from Vincent the Doctor, the video device from Idiot's Lantern, and the whisk that Rory used to try and power the dead TARDIS in Amy's Choice. And then there were their costumes, a costume from every Doctor from 1 to 11. The guidebook said that almost everything in the exhibit was original to the show, but the first, second, eighth, and ninth Doctor costumes were replicas. I wondered if perhaps Eight and Nine's costumes were being used for the 50th anniversary costume for John Hurt. The rest, mm-hmm. however, were originals, and it was just so amazing to see Three's cape, Four's scarf, Five celery, Six's mad coat, Seven's question mark vest, Ten's Janice Joplin overcoat, and Eleven's bow tie and new purple coat, and know they'd all been worn in the show. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the rest of the costume exhibits or elements for all of those doctors. This was a really exciting part of the exhibit for me, and Eleven was standing beside an original of his TARDIS exterior. The guidebook also talked about how carefully everything was restored, especially those items from the classic series. Obviously, there were a lot more items throughout the exhibit from New Who, simply because the production teams had actually preserved them for posterity. With the mindset during the early years that saw the destruction of so many episodes, there wasn't a lot of effort made to save sets or props or costumes, but they did finally learn to take care of these important bits of television history as the show progressed. Throughout all of what I've mentioned thus far, the Vale Deckham soundtrack, I think I pronounced that correctly, uh, from the end of time was playing on a loop. So when I rolled around a corner and was suddenly face-to-face with the Coral Tardis, (laughs) I was glad I was sitting down. This set is so iconic for me. My first introduction to Doctor Who, and I had goosebumps. The Doctor's walk through the snow as he was going to regenerate at the end of time was playing on a large screen in the background. So Vail de Kim continued to play on a loop. And not only was the console set there, but the exterior was as well, in addition to the pajamas the Doctor wore throughout Christmas Invasion. No fruit in the pocket, though. (laughs) (laughs) The junk TARDIS and Idris's costume from the Doctor's wife were in the corner, and I thought this was the end of the exhibit and was perfectly happy with what I'd seen. There were some stairs going up to what I assumed was the gift shop, so we took the lift up to the second floor. Boy, was I in for a surprise. The floor space here was twice what had been downstairs, and the exhibits just kept on going. 
the rug and flags from the Oval Office and the Pedorica were the first things I encountered. And then there were cool exhibits about the 50th anniversary, special stamps, wigs, makeup, costumes, building creatures, prosthetics, and props. There were hundreds of production stills from filming various episodes, behind-the-scenes shots, video interviews behind the scenes, on and on. Original set models from production designs were on display, signed scripts and other film documents, paintings used in various episodes, including the portraits from The Christmas Carol, The Nude Doctor with a strategically paced drape. They had various Time Lord costumes, including the Master's robes from the movie, and Rassilon's and others' costumes from the end of time. Both the Chained Angel and the Cherubs from the Angels Take Manhattan were there, as were Solomon and the Traitor and Nefertiti from Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. There were exhibits of all the Cybermen head designs since the beginning, as well as all of the Dalek designs, including the Emperor and Davros. Mm. One of the Daleks was open in the back, so you could bend down and sort of crawl into it to operate the arms and eye stock. In the Monster Zone, they had a Pete's World Cyberman, as well as a new design Cyberman, a cyber conversion unit used on Craig in Closing Time, the Silence and their console, also seen in Closing Time, classic and new Sontarans, a Hath from the Doctor's Daughter, a Scarecrow, the face of Bo, Jeez. big squee moment for me, <laughs> both classic and new Ice Warriors, and the Russian sub, a Silurian, a Winder, a Zygon, and a, the Absorbalov, and an Ood. Just listing all of these things makes me dizzy. (laughs) Imagine how I was feeling every time I went around a corner and discovered more treasures. They had the red leather wingback chair and the freezer unit from Christmas Carol, the Doctor's spacesuit, a miner, and the wooden king and queen from the Doctor, the widow, and the wardrobe, the Doctor's cot, squee moment again, the Doctor's cot. His cradle? The cradle. Oh, the cradle. Okay. Oh, that's a that's a squee inducing moment. I'll give you that one. <laughs> Bed slept there. I, don't know. I can see Keith squeeing over that. But I um, a handbot and the magnifying glass from the girl who waited. The floating antibody things from Let's Kill Hitler. A K one robot from the classic series, and Peg's dolls from Night Terrors. Peg dolls and Peg dolls from yes, Peg dolls from Night Terrors. Got it. From the snowmen, they had the snow globe, as well as the Doctor and Simeon's costumes, Clara and Vaster's costumes, and a snowman. Wow. In the section dedicated to companions, all were from the new series. Astrid, Donna, Matthew, Rose, Martha. <laughs> I was, I was on a good roll. You're, you're doing fine. Astrid, Donna, Martha, Rose, Captain Jack, Amy, Rory, River Song, Sarah Jane, and Canine. That was when I had a squee moment for Keith. Hey. <laughs> From the Crimson Aura, there was Mrs. Gillyflower and Mr. Sweet, and the Launch Control Unit. From Nightmare and Silver, they had the new Cybermen, Porridge and his chess set, and the Spacey Zoomer ride sign. Only after all of this did we get to the gift shop. But we had spent so much time in the experience, over three hours, that we had to rush to meet our little group of about 10 or 12 that was going next door to tour the current TARDIS set. The new BBC studios on Cardiff Bay were built at the same time the Experience Building was constructed last year, and three or four BBC shows filmed there. It was a bit of a hike to get to the set, and I couldn't take the wheelchair with me, so I hobbled slowly as the group gradually outpaced me. One of my friends alerted the security guards to my predicament, so he came over to me and offered to take me through the main production entrance rather than around the back as the others were going. So I got to go through the high security entrance that the big shots used to go to the set (laughs) and got to see one of the Daleks that hangs out in the area. They explained that several of their Daleks and other items were in London that day since the big announcement of the new Doctor was happening that night 
and they needed set decoration. Cool. <laughs> when we came to the set, I was so impressed with the size of it. The sound stage is huge, and the set is totally encased, enclosed on all sides, so they can shoot from any angle by taking out a section. It's also over two stories tall in order to accommodate the two levels of the console as well as the high rotor unit. We had to go up a set of stairs to get to the entrance, which was a green screen around it so they can film the door opening in various settings. And after posing for photos at the entrance, they opened the doors, and I just melted to see this familiar <laughs> sight. Not only on the screen, it was literally in front of me. We got to wander all around, both on the flight deck and in the storage area below. We couldn't touch anything other than the railings, but the guide told us which levers did what when Matt was flying. <laughs> he joked about how clumsy Matt is and that he breaks things off the console all the time. I don't have a lot of words to describe how amazing this experience was, but I hope you can see the fun we had by the photos. By the time we left the set, the experience was closing, so we hopped on a bus just in front of the studio that took us back to the train station. On the way, we passed by Raldall uh, Pass, the area that is featured as the entrance to Torchwood, and that served as a backdrop for the Ninth Doctor episode when Captain Jack returns and they go to Utopia. I did get a few photos from the bus window, but they're not all that good. I know I've been awfully long-winded about this adventure, but I wanted to share with everyone the excitement of that day. While we were on the train heading back to London, the show aired with the new Doctor announcement, so when we got home, in quotes, we pulled it up on the internet and enjoyed getting to know number 12. I was so thrilled to see that this was a front-page story the next morning. London has its priorities straight. <laughs> That's enough about the Doctor Who experience, but I do want to add one little bit about the Harry Potter studio tour as well, since lots of Who fans are also Potter fans. Us included. Us yep. included. As wonderful as the Doctor Who exhibits were, that's how wonderful the Potter exhibits were. Since all eight films are recent and they knew what a treasure they had from the very beginning, they saved everything. The Warner Brothers Studios in London occupy an area that was originally an aircraft manufacturing plant in World War II, and they used various hangars as sound stages and the runways as backlots. The Harry Potter exhibits take up two entire sound stages and part of the backlot, and they are as thorough as you would hope. Their gift shop is the best I've ever seen at any attraction, and we managed to spend six hours touring all those exhibits. Wow. I was thinking of you guys and all of our listener friends throughout this trip, and I was in such a hurry at the Doctor Who gift shop that I forgot to buy jelly babies for you. So I thought I would be clever by getting some at the Harry Potter gift shop <laughs> from Honeyduke's Sweet Shop. They don't taste like the ones I've had before, though, and you may not like them, but it's a thought that counts. I also got you some Every Flavor Beans to enjoy while recording your show. Just use the map that comes inside to figure out what you're eating, because they really are every flavor. Oh, there's a map inside? Okay, opening my Jelly Babies first, because she says they're not like any... And yes, Brenda, we got your package. Yes, all the stuff. And, uh, I, brought, so I brought with me tonight, and uh, so the guys are... Like, overwhelming. The guys are digging in now. There are two maps. And lastly, as we were going to our gate to leave at Heathrow this past Monday... We came across one of the 50th anniversary celebration exhibits that they have placed throughout Heathrow's various terminals. We took plenty of time to take all sorts of photos, and they had a couple brochures and fun things for the taking. So I got some of them for you as well. One of them is a little cardboard TARDIS that you can build and then take photos with it, like Flat Stanley. It's super awesome. And post them on Twitter. I'll be interested to see your creativity on this. So that's what I did on my summer vacation. <laughs> it's been fun to relive it by writing it all down, and I hope you've enjoyed at least a part of it. Until next time, Brenda in Atlanta, and Cardiff, and London. <laughs> Very cool, Brenda. Thank you so much for sending that. The jelly, the jelly Babies, I actually like them, and I'm not a fan of the Jelly Babies. Yeah, these are actually pretty good. Mine. 
I, I had a, a little kind of squee moment of my own, Brenda, when the package arrived because she sent it to me, and I just. It's like Christmas. A box! And I got all excited. Everything was open, tore up. <laughs> I did. I, I, uh, I, I opened the box oh, and started digging like through it and like thought to them. myself, what is all this stuff? And then looked to see who it was from. So I didn't even realize it was from you when I tore it open. So um, we're digging into this now. Um, I like the, these jelly the jelly belly, the jelly belly, jelly belly don't have as much of the cornstarch in the inside of them. Maybe that's, maybe that's what I don't like about jelly babies. They almost taste like the other, the kind we like. More. They had the consistency of the box. They taste very close to the tavern, tavern, taverns. Yeah. The taverns, yeah. Those are the ones you guys like. Yeah. These are fantastic. Yeah, they're great. Oh, these are good. Yeah. And you saw you sent out a picture already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we we tweeted totally an Instagram so. because it's. I mean, it's an official Honeydukes logo yeah. bag that says Jelly Baby. So it's like this awesome conflux of <laughs> Doctor Who and Harry Doctor Potter. Who and Harry Potter. All right, here we go. Are you going to use the map, or are you just going to pick no, a, every flavor? I, I, actually, I want the vomit. She said she had, she tweeted me just a few minutes ago, asked if I'd tried the vomit one yet. <laughs> she said boogie too, didn't she? Well, mm. those are the same. Uh, I can't find vomit on here. Yes, truly. If any of our listeners are paying any attention to us, the way oh, to our yeah. hearts is through our stomachs. So, <laughs> send candy. <laughs> vomit. Oh, there it is. Okay. Boogie. Uh, Ooh, so it's are cheating by using the map. Well, she told us to. I know. Us that's to. <laughs> and I want to try the vomit one. Give me one. I don't care what it is. Just put one in there. Oh, she, yeah, she tweeted, how do you one. like the vomit oh, and oh, bogey ones? Vomit, I think. No, it's not. Bogey? Bogey? That's marshmallow. I don't want to know what it is. Take it away from me. Give me another one. <laughs> you don't know what the red one is. All right. All right there's, there's a single red one. I'm going to bite the red one. Here we go. There's two different options. The marshmallow one actually tastes like marshmallow. The schnozberries taste like schnozberries. My daughter got these when we went to the uh, Universal Studios uh, Wizarding World of Harry Potter. And uh, Cherry, lame. Give me another one. <laughs> All right, not lame, but it's, you know. No way. It's, it's a cherry jelly bean. Standard. You know. Yeah, standard. <laughs> not lame. Standard. Not lame. Here, I don't know what this one is. Oh, I think I do now. Give me something with spots. What's that? That's a... Purple one. It's a brown. It's brown. Oh gosh! (laughs) You gave me coffee, didn't you? No, no. no. (laughs) It's one of two. I'm pretty sure I know which one it is. Who won it? Was this one won it? This is disappointing. Um, I think so. Yeah. I think I'm disappointing. I think I'm going to be trying the other one. Cigarette ash is the closest thing I can come up to describe it. Yeah. So his was definitely dirt. Was it dirt? I just had sausage. I can t- I can taste dirt. I was going to say it tastes like I'm looking at an ashtray, but... Yeah, now you said dirt. Oh. Yeah, the sausage is kind of gross, too. Oh. <laughs> you wanted it. That's the point. you got to have that Dumbledore experience. Earwax. How disappointing. Mm, candy floss is pretty good. Did you find them? I have no idea what that was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. It doesn't look like anything on here. What did it look like? Well, it kind of looked like black pepper, but it wasn't. Was it watermelon? <laughs> it tastes like watermelon. Where's watermelon at? It's kind of a dark, oh, that's dark what it green. Was. Yeah. It was, it was, it was did you find a, 
a vomit or I can't find a, a vomit. Boogie? Here, let me see. Oh, there's soap. Let me try soap. <laughs> Can you tell we're totally guys? Okay. <laughs> we got every flavor of beads. Give me the vomit and the soap and the oh, dirt. Oh, gosh, it does taste like soap. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I just cursed and got punished. <laughs> my childhood's flashing back before my eyes. But is it life, boy? No. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Here, I think that's worse than vomit would have been. Oh. Oh my god. <laughs> the soap really tastes like soap. Oh. Rotten egg doesn't really taste like rotten egg. It doesn't? Either that or I ate a sherbet lemon. I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> that was buttery. Mm. I don't know what it was. I think it was supposed to be, it should have been earwax. <laughs> that might have been popcorn. Oh, no, wait. No, there isn't a popcorn. There isn't a popcorn. It tastes, it, 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 it's like butterscotch. That's the closest the I can come thing, up with. The only other one it could have been was, uh, was marshmallow, marshmallow or banana. Because I had marshmallow. Oh, marshmallow. Marshmallow was, was it? Oh, marshmallow okay. Marshmallow was very marshmallowy. Now, now I'm marshmallow. getting it, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't see any, uh... It's not like a. It's it's almost like a roasted marshmallow. It's kind of that yeah. that gooey. Agreed. It's not like a. That was good. Oh, the soap was <laughs> horrid. Ah, I'm trying to find you a vomit one. Let's pour them out. If I had a vomit one, I probably would vomit. <laughs> <laughs> well, then maybe not. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Brenda. Very very fun. That's... So if you hear us munching the rest of the podcast, yes, that's, that's because we're eating jelly babies. <laughs> Who do we have next? Rachel. Let me see if I can find Rachel. There she is. All right. Rachel writes, Hello, Vortex gang. I have a a question for you guys and the rest of the listeners. My husband and I always do some sort of themed decor for Halloween, and this year we've decided to do Doctor Who. Yay! We're going to incorporate sound into the decor, and we thought that including some quotes from the Doctor companions... Villains would be fun. However, I am stuck on notable sound bites from the 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th Doctors. For 7, all I can think of is the speech from the end of Survival. And for 8, it's, I'm half human on my mother's side, and I'm completely stumped for 5 and 6. So my question is, what are your suggestions for notable quotes from these Doctors? Ooh. Mm. I don't, we may have to get back with you on that one because I can't. Nothing pops to. I mean, the the ones you said are good. The survival one is the one I probably would have done for seven. Maybe uh, what Keith opened the show with him mocking Davros. No, that was you know, a good. That would have been a good one. Seven. Did she say she needed a sixth? Five, six, seven, and eight. Yep, five, six, seven, eight. What was the one? Sixes should be that uh, speech he gives to the Time Lords in yeah. Trial of the Time Lord. Yeah, that'd be about good the one. corruption. Um, Are we limited to just television episodes, or can we go big finish? (laughs) (laughs) Just asking. Uh, Fifth. Wow. See, that's the problem with fifth is such a pacifist. Yeah. Well, no. The problem with fifth is I have one or two that we haven't got there yet. There's there's a couple of good ones in Caves, and there's a really good one in Snake Dance. I've always liked in the Five Doctors at the end when everybody departs, and he goes, I'm definitely not the man I was. Yeah, that's a Thank good one. Thank goodness. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> well, you should... Um, 
definitely pull from the Sixth Doctor era. A quote from Ekranos saying, Today prudent shall be our watchword. Tomorrow I shall soak in the land the land in blood. I think she wants a quote from the Doctor. Yeah, though, but it, other, other, other characters. Oh, she did say... Other characters, too. She did say villains and... Companions. Companions. Well, then, if you're going villains, I always dress for the <laughs> occasion. <laughs> yeah. You definitely have to do that one. <laughs> Eric Roberts and the master. You, you could do a whole. Uh, you could cut them all up and do a whole segment loop tape of my dear doctor, because I'm pretty sure all of the versions of the master say that at one point in time. I don't know. We just watched Utopia, Sound of Drums, and Last of the Time Lords, and he don't. I don't ever recall him saying my dear doctor. Well, instead of John Sim, we'll just have to replace it with Jonathan Price. My dear, doctor. my dear doctor. Hmm. Right, we well, Halloween's a ways away, so maybe we'll get back with you. We'll do some homework this week and come up with some some good ones for you, Rachel. Unfortunately, my my recall is not near as good as Sean's, and if Sean can't recall, then we're really then I'm really struggling. So, if you can find it, um, I know this isn't the doctors you were asking, but. The second doctor had that great quote of things we have to fight. You just don't know what I'm talking about. I think it's from the moon base. Let me find it real quick. I don't recall. Well, let me go on, and then okay. when you find it, let me know. Um, she also writes, Unfortunately, that's all I have for this week. I don't have anything to contribute, really, on the Sylvester McCoy re- review. I've only seen a couple of his episodes, so I don't feel like I've seen enough of the doc of his doctor to offer any proper feedback or insight. Nothing against McCoy, it's just I've been mainlining Classic Who and I haven't reached his doctor yet. What I have seen, I did enjoy. I really enjoy Ace as a companion. I think I mentioned that in my feedback about Dragonfire, that her youth and kick-butt attitude is a good balance to McCoy's darker doctor. I look forward to seeing more and watching their relationship develop throughout their run. Keep up the great work, guys. Rachel. The quote I was looking for was, why did you go away? What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> there are some corners in the universe which have bred the most terrible things. Things which act against everything we believe in. They must be fought. Ooh, that's, that's a, a good, good one. one. That's a really good one for a Halloween theme. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's really that good. would be a great way to lead into any villain soundbite you yeah. use. Keep that in mind, Rachel. That's good. I think I'm stoked, Rachel, now. that you are doing Doctor Who for your Halloween theme. That's, That's very cool. Very, very cool. All right. Next up is Chrissy. No, Holly. No, Holly. <laughs> I don't know why I say next up and expect you to answer when I have the notes. Yeah, you have the notes. <laughs> uh, Holly writes, Seventh Doctor. The retrospective that the BBC did was actually pretty decent in this go-around. We got the year from Sophie Aldred, Bonnie Langford, and Sylvester McCoy. I have to say, I haven't seen too many episodes of The Seventh Doctor, and those that I have, I enjoyed greatly. I really have to thank you guys and the retrospective for making me go back and discover these episodes. Going back and watching previous regenerations of The Doctor and delving into big Finnish audios has given me greater appreciation of the Doctor Who, of Doctor Who in general, and that I enjoy all the Doctors, and it's now hard for me to say which one is my favorite. As for favorite Seventh Doctor episode for me, I'd have to go with either Dragonfire, Blitz, or Battlefield: Return of the Brig. I'll we'll wrap. Well, I'll wrap it 
this up here. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts and everyone else's on the Seventh Doctor. Holly from Wisconsin. Absolutely. Those are some good ones, Holly. <clears throat> I would agree Let's with go. her. I think delving into the big finish audios has given me a greater appreciation for not just you know seven, but six and, and five even. But uh, seven's worked that way for me. He's, there's, there's just a little bit of a different take and. It's expounded on what we didn't get to see on, on on screen, especially when they take that darker turn from Remembrance on. So, um, of course, what did wonders for me was meaning somebody <laughs> going in person. So, anyway, uh, thank you very much, Holly. And finally, our last bit of feedback comes from Chrissy. Chrissy re- writes. <laughs> she she reads. Read she reads a lot. Uh, right now, she's writing. Part of her job description, I think. Come in, lucky number seven. Dear Vortex Boys, I love that when you guys start a conversation that begins, there's nothing out west, Sean immediately follows that up with, well, there's Chrissy. <laughs> no, really, I'm touched. Though I have to say, there's plenty cool stuff out west. You just have to know where to look. Oh, I didn't know that we were all recapping our con experiences from last week, so if anyone's interested in my report on TashoCon, here's a link to my blog, and we will have that in the show notes. TashoCon was planned as a system-wide library program for teens because we have so many kids in our area that are in anime, and our library system has a huge new event center where we can have this big events now. So some of the librarians in our system, including yours truly, organized a convention for them. We had no idea how many people would show up, but it turned into this super huge event, and the kids all had a great time, which was fantastic. I think some of that success can be attributed to all the publicity that Salt Lake City Comic Con, Salt Lake Comic Con, has been generating, and people are excited about finally getting some local conventions. So TashoCon ended up piggybacking off the excitement from that. We've had very small conventions before, but never anything like a Comic-Con in Utah, and there are so many people coming out of the woodwork for this thing, it's unreal. I'm hoping this convention is a huge success, and it'll become an annual thing, and we get even more big names. Maybe some Who-related actors eventually, fingers crossed. They've sold so many tickets for it already, they have to move into a larger convention center, which is a good sign. I'll try and have a report from it in a couple of weeks, even though, to my knowledge, there haven't been any Doctor Who-related guests or events announced. But there are always surprises, right? Right. Yeah, maybe Peter Capaldi will show up. <laughs> it's a surprise. Uh, sorry I couldn't make it to the Flash Gordon tweet-along last night. I was planning on getting the DVD from the library, but I didn't have time to get it because I was working all day yesterday and the DVD was checked in at a different library branch from where I was working. But I'm going to watch it anyway because you've all got me curious about the movie. Chris, you don't need to check that out from the library. Just go buy a copy. <laughs> they're, they're pretty affordable right now. You can get by seven ninety nine on Blu-ray at Walmart. I mean, I come ha- on. I have to admit that uh, Brittany had mentioned that you know she could even buy a digital copy through iTunes, which is what I ended up doing because I couldn't find it in town anywhere. Really? And really? I think they, they probably have it at Vintage or someplace I couldn't check online, but because I couldn't go everywhere. But I went to Walmart. Yeah, I went to everywhere. Barnes and Noble. I went to. Target because I was looking for the, the cheaper places to go, but uh, so I couldn't find it. But I didn't want to run all over town either, so I thought I'll just get a digital copy. So I I got I got mine on iTunes as well. But uh, Brittany had said that, and I thought for somebody that hasn't seen the film, although I don't think Brittany had seen it before uh, last night either. But for somebody that hadn't seen the film, you just don't know she that had, you want Brittany to. Had she had seen it. You just don't know what if you, even on iTunes. I mean, I, my copy was like five bucks, I think. So even on iTunes, you don't necessarily want to maybe spend the money on a movie you don't know if you're going to like or not. So I could see holding out for a rental or something. But 
I think Chrissy will like it. So I don't think she would have had buyer's remorse afterwards. No buyer's but, remorse for Flash Gordon. But I can see the hesitation. I, I can see it on principle. Yeah. Just not with Flash Gordon. So, Brittany had said it? <laughs> She said she had tweeted uh, before we started that it had been so long since she had oh, seen right. it. Oh, that's right. She doesn't it. didn't know if she'd she remember how much remember of it. Because I know after we were done, she went and ordered the soundtrack. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she didn't have the soundtrack, and Jessica hadn't seen it. Jessica hadn't seen it at all. Yeah. And then I thought it was really funny. We got that random tweet later from... Uh, ben? Uh, uh, not Ben, but Ben joined us. Midway no, through. somebody Midway. that's not even a listener but of yeah. our show. He was he was deciding which one of the four to oh, watch because yeah. he had bought the apparently he bought the four pack because I've seen oh, the four pack. Yeah, oh, the last Starfighter. And, about, and yeah. of course, just at the time that we're tweeting, and he he has no idea. He has no and then clue. What's suddenly, going on. we're all going, "Oh, come on, Flash Gordon! Yeah. No brainer, Flash <laughs> Gordon! You should watch with. Flash Gordon." So that's what he watched last night was Flash Gordon. <laughs> just sends out a random. Oh, which of these should I watch? And got inundated. Like, <laughs> Twenty thousand tweets, dude. You gotta watch Flash Gordon. <laughs> okay, but you, you missed a good time, Chrissy, and you were sorely missed. Yes, because I, I, but we'll do it again. Maybe not Flash. Maybe we, maybe we should do we, once a month. She's we doing just, Thor right now, which I'm kind of jealous. I'd like to be tweeting along with her watching Thor now. But. Oh well, let's wrap this up. <laughs> I'm Sean. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Storm Chasers take on this tornado, so that she's at the tornado scene, so she's near the end. Uh, <laughs> oh well. Maybe once once a month we should we should do a live movie tweet along. Yeah, why not? We could each take turns choosing a movie. Yeah, I know. I'd, I'd, I'd like to go especially back. if we keep it at eleven o'clock. I'd like I to go back that. and do some of the Marvel <laughs> ones now that she's doing Thor. Well, we but, should save that for next year and build up to uh, Avengers two. Well, or no, two Thor years. Dark World's coming out. Well, Chrissy's ruining it by tweeting Thor tonight. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to, do, well, probably we'll have to do Captain Chrissy. America before Winter Soldier comes. Oh, out. there you go. Yeah. Mel suggested we do um, Labyrinth. Labyrinth, would be a good one. or Legend. Actually, I like Brittany. Well, I think Brittany last night was suggesting that we do Doctor Who related ones. Find ones that have crossover oh, actors because we, we had four. Hey, we had four last night. I, I almost thought maybe there was a fifth one. Um, General Kala, the the evil chick. She refreshed my memory. She, I couldn't. Where I couldn't verify it. I thought she was the one. The I one thought that in, was your fourth. No, no, Who the fourth your, is no. Uh, Brian Blessed, uh, Timothy Dalton. Roy Deep or Deep Roy, uh, who was the the, the the little midget the Princess Ara's oh, dragging around? See, I didn't realize that. That's Mr. Singh. Yeah, from I did not and realize then, that. Uh, and then Clytus. Clytus. Yeah, Clytus, which you discovered last night because I, I didn't realize. I, I, I didn't even I, think we about knew that. that. We talked were, about it. Yeah, but well, I forgot you that. guys were doing that, and yeah, well then she. Uh, What's her name? Was was I can't remember what her because you said now here comes name. four later and that's what sparked it. it was like well is she but I couldn't verify it I couldn't find her on him in the I was pretty so. sure she was in Warriors. I thought now. for sure because she's the one that does the flying karate chick at the Merca. Yes, yes, that's her. That's the same actress. I think it's the same actress. I think it is. It isn't, and not according to Imdaba. Hmm. Well, then never mind. So there were still only four. Still only four. Still four is it, and, and they were all in one scene. Yes, yeah, which is impressive. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> Little sidetracked there. What year was Wars of the Deep? Uh, Eighty-six. No, no it's far too late. Eighty-three or eighty-four. Yeah. Eighty-four. I'm gonna say eighty-four, Chuck. It Survey after, says it was after the Five Doctors, so it was either eighty-three or eighty-four. Yeah, eighty-four, January eighty-four, barely under the wire. I'll take the car. <laughs> uh, let's see. The Seventh Doctor Revisited, Chrissy continues. It seemed like everyone in this special said the same basic thing about the Seventh Doctor. He was a silly, clownish guy 
who became a darker, manipulative person as time went on. I think Stephen Moffat had the best line about it. Instead of going for the obvious that he's little and funny, the writers eventually opted to go with a more mysterious, thoughtful, and sad character. The segment about the companions was good. I liked the contrast between Mel and Ace, that the Doctor was more light and funny with Mel, and the serious and mystery came when Ace was the companion. On the whole, it was a good introduction to the Seventh Doctor, and the special was very well put together. For a representative episode of the Seventh Doctor, I confess, Seven is the Doctor that I'm least familiar with. Not because I don't like him or anything, it's more because I was more focused on other Doctor's eras, and somebody inevitably gets left out. As the representative story, I know a lot of people will pick Remembrance of the Daleks, but I don't think that one's very representative. She must have been the only one that voted for Battlefield, then. <laughs> it's probably the best, or one of the best. Battlefield is pretty good. But it's not... Oh, no, Silver Nemesis. It's not representative. For my part, I was torn between voting for Silver Nemesis or The Greatest Show in the Galaxy. Both of those show the manipulative side of the Doctor, but also his silly playfulness. Both have Ace being awesome. Both also have a few shortcomings that you can't really ignore when talking about the McCoy era. These stories aren't terribly horrible and are still quite enjoyable, but they aren't perfect either, which I guess would sum up the Seventh Doctor's run. There are really, really good stories, like Remembrance of the Daleks and Battlefield. There are really, really bad stories, like Delta and the Bannerman. And there are stories that are just sort of middling, like The Happiness Patrol. As far as the Seventh Doctor's character, well, I'm going to let someone else chime in here, because I'm sure there's someone more knowledgeable about Seven than I am who can do that. That's all I've got this week, so pretend I closed out my email with something witty and insightful. Chrissy. P.S. I can't remember if it was Keith who mentioned something about wanting to use a phrase for an episode title, and he couldn't, because I used it in my subject line. But if it happens again, just go ahead and use the darn thing. Oh, I will, if it's good, don't worry. <laughs> you guys were, think, were thinking of Ingrid Pitt. Not but, the same actress. Not the same actress. Okay. But she was, like, in... Um, Oh, like the original Wicker Man. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I could see she looks very much like... What's your claim to fame? Similar. Hiya! <laughs> <laughs> and the vampire lovers. All right. Well... <laughs> Not proven the case. <laughs> should we delve into... Well, first we're going to need to tackle the uh, Seventh Doctor Revisited, correct? Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, let's do that. It was awesome. Did you think so? I thought so. Uh, it was it was neat to hear from Sylvester McCoy, Bonnie Langford, uh, I think Sophia it was Aldred. As it was good if- interesting to hear from uh, who was the random guy that I was like the writer of uh, the girl who waited. Yeah, yeah. which I thought I was kind of strange, but it, I guess maybe they were just bringing in he was a anybody they could find. But yeah, um, you like the seventh era, but. I think my problem with it was what Chrissy touches on is the fact that everybody just kind of said the same thing throughout the whole thing. And it was just like, I didn't feel like anybody would have learned much more from that if, like, new new viewers mm-hmm. would have learned much more than that from that. But that, that really kind of encompasses and wraps up his entire era. I'm not arguing that it's not true. It just was... It was like there wasn't they could they couldn't find much more good or bad to say about the Seventh Doctor's era. There was no no controversy. There was no oh, yeah. well, little controversy. There was no. Um, there was it was just kind of there, and it didn't, I I thought the fifth and sixes uh, were much better, even even with fifth getting so much stuff left out of his. Uh, I, I think it was as good as sixes, uh, for better or worse. 
I will say, I don't think it was as good as six is just from the standpoint that I think six, while they didn't go to that level of, of doing what we kind of hoped that they would have explored the controversy and all that, which I understand why they didn't, but it really kind of opened that doorway, I think, for a lot of people who weren't familiar with it at all. I don't think they got to that point with this one. But I, I thought they did a very, very good job with it. I, don't get me wrong. I would have liked to have seen David Tennant in this saying, this is the deal. And I almost think that what we really needed was, I think we needed a little more Moffat, especially if you watched through up to the intro for mm-hmm. Remember, uh, Remembrance of the Daleks, where he's saying, I thought the show had gone off its rails. I didn't like it. That I didn't like the direction. The heck yeah, that he said, could to be honest with you, I thought, yeah, I... I, I kind of thought maybe that should have been more included in the actual show proper as opposed mm-hmm. to the intro for this. But he says, yeah, that didn't stop me from cutting short a meeting and rushing home. And, you know, that he was a production, uh, whatever he was, lead at that point on a different show. So it's not just the kid perspective anymore. Right. It's the industry perspective. And then I went home and watched this and was like, oh, <laughs> just <laughs> blown away at how good it was. I kind of wish there would have been more of that right. kind of right. stuff showing the, 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 the balance in there. But um, I thought, you know, overall, I mean, it was it was nice that we got such big chunks dedicated to the companions because there were only two, yeah. which made it, you know, um, a bit more manageable. This yeah. this this felt like maybe that's that's what it was. Is this felt like everything was kind of covered, even though they they felt like they were <laughs> rehashing. <laughs> they were rehashing stuff, but everything really got time. covered in this one because there was there wasn't anything else to tackle. You know, it was yeah. just it was pretty cut and dry. I don't feel like we were missing anything. No, there absolutely wasn't. Which was was nice. But I thought they did a very good job with it. I enjoyed it. I, I did, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I just didn't think it was as good as, as some of those. Maybe, maybe we maybe it wasn't a very good one then because we can't come up with anything else to say about it. <laughs> well, kind of, kind of, well, if there was so little to say about the seventh Doctor, wait till we get to the eighth. I can't wait to see how they fill a half hour. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. I, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing I, I think they'll. I think they'll be the, what they'll like do. Though, the movie, well, but what they'll do is they'll set up the wilderness years. They'll talk about the, yeah. the, the, how long they went without it and how. And they'll and probably I think they'll delve they brought in, it back. Yeah, they'll delve into how Seagal brought was able to bring it all back. Uh, and so. I hope they. I really, I got really it. hope they bring Seagal on that show. Oh, they better. So. Really hope so. Too. Think so. they'll get Eric Roberts? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. He'll get paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, I'll do it, but it'll cost it'll you. cost you hundred bucks. hundred bucks. It would be so great if everybody all there was like, and then there was Eric Roberts. He was a bit rubbish, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's talk about the Seventh Doctor era as a whole, because it was awesome. As oh, by the way, I got figured out how to put polls on the website. I saw that. Congratulations! (laughs) Thanks for the reminder the other night. Although I can't, I tried to edit. I cut off representative, and I tried to edit it. And apparently, I can't edit the poll after I've already posted it. So, Um, but yeah, to no surprise, of the eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen votes that were garnered on the poll this week. 11 of them went to Remembrance of the Daleks, which I really kind of saw coming. And then up until the other day, I only saw the uh, one for Silver, or to earlier today, I only saw one for Silver Nemesis, but now I see there are two for Silver Nemesis, and there is one for Happiness Patrol, which I can only attribute to Sean. I did not vote for Happiness Patrol. (laughs) Then Mel. (laughs) 
I don't know if Mel was on our website or not. Because <laughs> nobody I, in their right mind would I have voted clicked. for I, 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 I clicked, oh, yeah, remember to the Daleks. And then I voted, and I was like, oh, I should have done Happiness Patrol. Uh. <laughs> because I... Remember to the Daleks. Okay. Brilliance and phenomenal. Happiness Patrol is more representative. Is not era. more representative. It, it can. It can be. I will. I will sit here and and I will. I will openly agree that for all of the things that you guys pointed towards it that you thought was good about it, I can give you that. But there's not a lot of the typical McCoy in it. I mean, you I, do get, I, I could see that as, you know what I'm it's saying? It's not representative of the doctor. Right. And I think that's I think what you representative. have to pick. I think it's more representative it. of the range of stories we get. Because there are some great things in it and there are some bad things in well, it. And that's what and the stories are. And there's some clowning are. around and there's some darkness. So I guess I can yeah. see that as well. As, as his entire run, yes. As the character of the doctor, no. Yeah. I just think we get all of that in remembrance as well, and better. And I think we get all of the character of the Doctor as well, but, and better. But, the, but so. the problem is, is that's ignoring the bad that happens in the era. No, I don't think so because you remembrance so? has it has its it has some of its issues. It has some. Bad <laughs> Shaw doesn't it. agree. No, <laughs> no it's, it's, special it's, weapons talk makes it all good. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's remembrance is what all of the <laughs> doctors <laughs> era should have been. How do you sum up that the seventh doctor era? Special weapons Dalek. That's all you need. <laughs> that's how you make everything awesome. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I look at it as what what, it's the, what the entire been. era should have been, and, and what they eventually go to more like in the Big Finish audios, right? And it's kind of. Closer to re- remembrance and a little and going darker. I think it's darker than, than remembrance. I think a lot of the big but that's kind of are. everyone points to that as a turning point. It is. It was a turning. It was a turning point in the in the. Well, you you look at the episodes that we oh, had previously. Cinnamon. Mm. <laughs> you look at the episodes we had previously. We we had time in the Ronnie, which I love. I love time in the Ronnie, but it, I admit it's kind of a silly little goofy thing. But I think it's I think it's a very good introduction. That, that's that's the thing with the seventh Doctor era is predominantly most of it's a silly goofy little thing. Well not, no, 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 I think a lot of it's prior are. to you only get one prior it, to Remembrance. Well I think I of Happiness agree. Patrol slightly you, you, as you, of you, that. You, you get you get Battle Time of the Ronnie. A bit of that. Hang on, you get Time of the Ronnie, which is goofy. You get Delta and the Bannerman, which Par- is Paradise Terror. Not Towers. good. You get Paradise Towers. Which is not good. You get Dragonfire. Which still which has a lot of we liked, goofiness. But it's yeah. fun and goofy. And then you get remembrance. So then all of a sudden it's boom right there. And it's I, I kind of agree with him that Happiness Patrol kind of goes tries to go a little bit back to the status quo, but then beyond that, which well, you haven't sil- seen, but Silver Nemesis still a Ghost little bit Light, too. Curse of Fenric, Survive Survival, they're all very less whimsical and more dark and and serious and and. Uh, so I really of those, I think only only uh, happiness goes that way a little bit. I think there are parts of the greatest show in the galaxy that goes that way. Everything with the clown, <laughs> as in not happy. But the thing is, it takes it takes the clown character out of the doctor, and the doctor's able to kind of be dark until he does the magic. And but then there's a it's very poignant as to why he's doing it. So. That message there. You know, they talk a lot on the on the Seventh Doctor Revisited, and and, and we we've had comments about this that everybody kind of thinks of. I liked the Seventh Doctor is when he got darker, and he 
did. There, there were, there were, there were different there. But I, I really, the more I thought about this after watching the revisited special, the more I think dark may not necessarily be the right word to describe what's going on because there, there are there are elements of darkness to him and his manipulative nature and things like that. It's mysterious, is what it's it mysterious. Um, because Seven very much reminds me of Troughton. I can see that. He, he, he fit- I just had Earthworm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been the one I spit out earlier. You spit one out? <laughs> that was, I don't know what it was. It could have either been earwax. That could have or- easily been a bug in my mouth. It really tasted like what I would imagine that would taste like. Oh, my God. Brenda, what have you done to us? <laughs> he reminds me of Trout, that physically he's small. He has a tendency to play humor and be funny and... You know, balance things and, and juggle and do all these things that you could see Troughton doing. Maybe not necessarily the physical nature of it, but because Troughton's personality was so uh, whimsical. Mm-hmm. But then, whereas Troughton could turn on a dime, because you always knew that behind that, he, he never put the facade all the way up. You always knew that there was something going on behind the, hey, look at me, I'm goofing off. And with McCoy, I don't think people really got that initially. I don't think that they thought he was doing something. I think they just thought it was goofy, and then all of a sudden the goofy dropped, and everybody was like, whoa, he turned. It was like, that's always there. It just. And I realized, watching that special, it is a facade. I think it's very much a facade. I think it's a mask that he puts up. And it was something that McCoy said. He said he, you know, at his time, at his tenure, he was supposed to be 950-some-odd years old. Yeah, no, yeah. And that he he really wanted to play the... You know, the nature of this man who had lost so much over that time frame. And I realized that I don't think he is goofy and silly. I, I don't think he's dark either. I think he's sad. Mm. Well, I, I think he's the yeah, sad clown. You know, that one really... I, all clowns are disturbing. <laughs> but that one sad clown that comes out and doesn't do anything funny, but he's got the makeup and everything on, and he just kind of showed up because it's his job and he doesn't want to be there. McCoy's doctor is kind of that clown. Mm. He's going to do some juggling, but he's really not happy about yeah, it. So I don't see that at all. I, can see, I see dark. I, I see, see mysterious. I see weathered. I don't see sad. I, I don't know. I mean, Moffat even said that that he was the sad clown, or he was the sadness in the clown that that you know we don't always see, and the sadness in us. But I didn't see that. I, I don't see sad. I see weathered. I see mysterious. I see, I see. Uh, the verge of vengeful. I see a lot of things in McCoy's Doctor, especially from Remembrance on. I don't see sad. I don't see him playing it that way at all. That's just me. Hmm. I, I can see sad. some sadness there. I don't know. I just, I think. There are especially some instances. Sad, sad is 9 and 10 and repercussions of, of their past. That's sad. Sad is not the. Okay, I'm just kind of old and fed up with the Dalek, so I'm just going to destroy Scarlet altogether. <laughs> or, you know, I've 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 buried all these things <laughs> here and there that I can use against you know. Yeah, that's that's not sad. That's vengeful. That's that's dark. That's mysterious. It's not sad. There's no sad. There's no there's no reason for him to be sad or that's portrayed or given. You know what I mean? It's not shown to us as to why maybe his maybe. motives or motivations are based on sadness. So. That's I why I don't see sad. Or maybe I'm reaching. I don't know. I just I'm tired more than sad. Tired, yeah. Agree. Oh, yeah, I'd agree be tired. tired. But I just I the the, the nature of his you. <laughs> <laughs> the, the nature of his doctor is so 
just fed up with everything. Fed up, yeah. Agree. And, 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 Agree with that. That's not sad, though. I don't know. And I, 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 I don't know. People, you, you point to remembrance as that turning point between, oh, it gets darker from this point. And I, I think the storytelling got a lot more serious at that point. So I'm, I'm totally retconning this. But <laughs> I, it just, it, it feels like maybe that's the moment where he realizes the, the, the mask is just too much effort. <laughs> it's just, I'm, this isn't me. I'm not going through with this anymore because I'm just tired. I don't want to put up this, ah, look at me. I'm the doctor. And, you know, instead I'm just going to be like, you know what? Screw it. <laughs> yes. You know, and yes, I've been fighting the Daleks forever. And yes, you've killed a lot of my friends and destroyed a lot of planets and all this kind of stuff. So, you know what? Here, here's a taste of your own medicine. Mm-hmm. Are you happy now? Right. And he, he doesn't necessarily, I should be appalled at that. I, I should be like, wow, what happened to my doctor? But for some reason, I'm not. For some reason, I, I think it's it's fitting. Well, it's 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 that point where you're you're ready for him to put his foot down, and that's what he's finally yeah. doing. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's what it is. I agree with that. I agree with the, the, the direction you're taking it now, yeah, absolutely. Maybe that's what it is. He's, 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 he's the, I've had, that's all I can stands, and I can't stands no more. <laughs> And I still I still stand by my statement. Well, it was a couple of weeks ago about how he was how he was very Merlin esque. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That was also brought up in the uh, yeah the special as well. But I, I would agree. He was very Merlin esque and very. Which Merlin kind of both had that dichotomy of he could have easily been Merlin. I mean, that's yeah. that's what I like about the the Seventh Doctor, and 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 I I think it would be wonderful to explore some stories, and maybe they have, in the. Uh, Universe that uh, address the fact that he at some time spent time in the uh, time of the Arthurian legends, and, and he's maybe the reason why Merlin is is part of those stories because he would have looked like some sort of sorcerer or you know conjurer, and it would have it would have lent some validity to Merlin being in the Arthurian legend, which because Arthurian legend is very historical with the exception of the fact that we've got this magician running around you know so i think that would have been very very cool to tackle something like that and kind of explore that aspect of it because he could he because he because of the way that the seventh doctor is being kind of the the dark mysterious one but also having that clownish nature i mean that totally lends to a merlin i mean that's just i love that idea of him having been people just knew him as merlin or will know him as Merlin. Well, because yeah. in Battlefield, it was he assumed it was a future incarnation right, of himself. Right. Maybe Battlefield planted the seeds, and that after survival, when the show ends, he and Ace, or maybe after Ace departs, there is a large chunk of time that he spends <laughs> as Merlin. And, you know, maybe, you know, yeah. a little joke that he's made of himself as well. Talk about self-fulfilling prophecies. Here I am doing this. And <laughs> this well, didn't make sense the first time around, <laughs> but he knows that. Uh, the conundrum of Merlin's true identity was apparently resolved when the Eighth Doctor traveled to Arthur's reality to aid in his birth. In a novel, One Fateful Night. But one there were two other night. ones where 
uh, happy ending, the Doctor later met Moldwitch, a future incarnation of himself who posed as Merlin. And then, while stuck in the other world, Avalon, Eighth Doctor attempted to pass himself off as Merlin. And then, that's where Moldwitch gets his name. That's where Moldwitch gets his name. Then one fateful night kind of clears it all up. Cool. Interesting. Well, the check goes out. Sounds yeah. like his eighth doctor, though. But. Yeah. So, do you think people were voting based on with 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 remembrance running away with it so much, or they, or or, or do you think our listeners are really voting based on quality that's representative of his era, or do you think because there's a part of me that kind of agrees with Chrissy that. Because I voted for Remembrance, um, because I do. I think it kind of encompasses everything that I like about the Seventh Doctor era. But she's absolutely right that there's not a lot wrong with Remembrance. At least when you look at Remembrance as a standalone story, and then compare it with all the other standalone stories, it doesn't have some of the same flaws yeah, yeah, that the, 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 the other stories have. So maybe it's not terribly representative. Are people voting for it because? That's the one I like. <laughs> or it's easy to point to it as you voted Nemesis. I, no, actually, I voted Remembrance. You voted Remembrance, but it, it, it's one that you would sit down a new viewer of. Why should I watch the Seventh Doctor? Here, watch this story. You'd present probably. I would present Remembrance to I a would new, present a Remembrance new ahead, above any any of them. Although Silver Seven Nemesis Doctors would probably come in pretty close. And what did we stick you with initially? Because it wasn't Remembrance. Delta and the Banner. I think it was Delta. Delta. No, Survival was your first. It was first. either Delta or Survival. Oh, I don't remember. It was so long It was ago. at your apartment. Of course, we watched both of those at your apartment, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. I think it was Delta. I think I had people screaming at me, No, for God's sake, don't start it with that one. <laughs> I specifically remember watching both of those at your apartment. Yeah. Episode 23 was Delta and the Bannerman. <laughs> That's pretty early. Which was the penultimate for seven, or the, yes, well, the uh, end of seven weeks for seven dollars. Survival we did when we did our Master Archive, so when was that? Probably later. Uh, 30. Well, not much later. <laughs> not much later at all. It was really close together. That's how much we like you, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Why should I watch the Seventh Doctor? We're not going to show you this, which is apparently <laughs> most repre- which is apparently not only most representative of the era, but also the best one. We're going to show you this. <laughs> well, we felt that we needed to get dealt to the bitterman. I don't know. Well, now that you've Look, seen the worst of it, it only gets better from here. <laughs> and then we're going to save happiness for for one of his last, or not happiness, uh, Paradise Towers for one of his last. So we'll bookend it with the. <laughs> <laughs> Worst stories. <laughs> I was watching that on the on the, on the uh, revisited when they're wandering around. Going, well, what about the pool? Where's the pool? And I was like, my God, I have blocked so much of this because <laughs> I remember the episode. But then she's doing this, and I'm like, I don't remember any of this. I don't remember any of this. It must be really bad for me to go. Nope, don't remember. <laughs> Didn't happen. Um. You know, of course, I haven't seen Curse of Fenric yet. <laughs> that's true. You yeah, because that I, I, I was going through them and watching. It is on Netflix, but he told but me I can't watch it because he said we're gonna put it on the schedule. <laughs> two years it. ago, <laughs> yeah, I know. So I haven't watched it for two years. I could, it was that and Survival. I hadn't seen either of oh, those. That's not gonna be and coming up either. We we watched Survival because so I popped up over Curse of Fenric and 
watched Survival. Now I haven't gone back and watched Curse of Fenrir. Good. So. <laughs> That means that you, we will have a genuine. None of us have seen it. Yeah, you haven't seen. Fender I haven't seen Fender. I've seen the tiny little pieces of it. Well, I've seen pieces of everything for yeah. the most part. And actually, I think the pieces of Fenric that I've seen have been in the behind-the-scenes stuff. I don't think I've ever actually sat down and watched the oh. episode. So, hmm. I don't know, maybe that'll change when uh, <laughs> when we get to it. But. <laughs> I don't have anything else, guys. That's pretty much this. I I I I came to this program. I came to this podcast. Tonight's podcast. No, I came general? to this podcast in general with a very low opinion of the Seventh Doctor, just because I thought he was so different and the least enjoyable, with the exception of maybe I had a, I had a lesser opinion of of, of Pertwee than when. After we started I, that one, I picked. Wow. Well, yeah, really? I had a lesser opinion of Pertwee when we first started this part podcast and came to love Pertwee. Well, along really? with along with, <laughs> along with me, yeah, Key. I would never guess that. No, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I, I would have never, never, but, uh, never, you know, never, they, I didn't have a lot that. of a representation, but and it had been years since I'd seen a lot of his stuff. But I came to a. The, I think Seven was probably my least favorite Doctor when it came. Now to that this. part is no surprise. And I he, knew that he, one. He. Uh, we have I have come a long way in, in, in enjoying, and I, again, like I said, it was last year's Gallifrey that just meeting Sylvester and McCoy. You, I know you shouldn't judge the, the merit of someone's work on their personal character, but you just. But the, but the, he was such an enjoyable man. But then you see that now that I personal yeah, character exactly. that bled through I look into back, the, and, and I do, and I and oh. I said that before I met him that I I was seeing, I was seeing through the poor storylines. This time around, because that's what happened is there. There are so many, and I, I still agree. I still say that there are a lot of, of his stories that I don't enjoy. I still don't enjoy. Them. But when I finally look past the story, because I'm I'm seeing it on a second time around, I'm seeing uh, the character of the Doctor and the way that McCoy's playing him, and I'm seeing his uh, connection to his companions and how the how they they play off of each other. And so I've started to appreciate that character so much more. And then meeting him, and like Keith just said, now seeing that personality bleed through the character of the Doctor and how he's performing it, it's it's made the the Seventh Doctor a much more enjoyable uh, uh, era for me. So, like if you liked, at least uh, I, I, we didn't we didn't like the story, but you liked the Seventh Doctor in Delta and the Batman. Yeah. Uh, as as always, when I've watched any of these classic episodes. Any episode, really, in general, it's the stories may not be great. I may not like the companions, but I always like the Doctor. Always shines through, regardless. It's and I always see that same character that I always like, despite the different quirks each incarnation has. And Seven is no exception. Um, I blanked on what I was going to go with there, (laughs) (laughs) but yes, I want to take just a second. So. Realistically, in my mind, because I consider Doctor Who the movie almost to be New Who. Sorry, I do. I agree. At this point in the programming, we—if we're going to say this—we've now completed our run through classic Doctors. Are there any that, as we've been doing this, that just immediately jump out at you that this is the Doctor that I want to see more stories from? 
whether it was you know more big finish or more because we haven't got all the episodes knocked out of that particular run which which doctor really stands out at you as i'm enjoying these so much every single time i see this particular doctor i can't wait to get to the next one i think two and six are like or that for me i think two probably more because we there doesn't exist yeah. Yeah. yeah it just doesn't exist um, and six because he got so short changed, I think. And then I'm enjoying the big finish audios with six in them so much, and I just I long for that potential that Except he would have had. Buffalo. Yeah, well, <laughs> but I long that for that different. potential that he would have had on screen had he had more of a chance. So those are the two. Seven, the the seventh Doctor is an interesting beast as far as I would like to see more stories with the seventh Doctor. Um, but because the series ends with the seventh, the classic series technically ends with the seventh doctor, his is that era of, I, it's like it lends to, it's like the leaping off to big finish for him because there's so much room for his doctor to exist in the big finish universe because there's so much that could have happened after survival and, uh, between that and, and the movie. That's almost the, 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 you know, while it was a huge downer that we had the wilderness years, but the potential for where survival ends and knowing that there's this huge chunk of time that Sylvester McCoy is running around as the doctor to do all these grand adventures, it kind of softens that blow a little bit. It really does. Whereas Colin Baker, you're kind of of time-locked into that, you know. Yeah, a little area. And, well, and I, that, that's, that was clearly evident from the fact that they did the Virgin New Adventures, and, and those were all Six Doctor and A's, so, and Bernie, so. That's one, I guess that's the one thing that we can really be grateful for, for the way that Trial of the Time Lord bent the timeline, is we got Perry's departure, but we never saw Mel's intro. Right. Yeah. So... That's where that window right, is for right. all and of that's these what they, stories. That's what they do with Bonnie's stories. That's what they do with Evelyn's stories are in all in there. Um, and uh, Perry is the more difficult of that, but you just kind of pop those in where you can. Yeah, those can be peppered yeah, in anywhere exactly. between you know the other the other episodes. But it, it, I guess it's you know everybody can be like, oh, they screwed up the timeline. It's like, well, but you know what they did do is we left the window open. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Keith? Which one are you just... Two instantly popped to mind as you were asking the question. Uh, kind of with, with, with what Glenn said. And honestly, I think four. I think my appreciation for four grew. And because there are, of, of any of the eras of stories we have available, there are more four than I haven't seen than anything else. Yeah. Well, that's so, certainly true. And the more I see a four, the more I like it and like his companions. And I want to see more of it. So two and four. Two and four and two and six. Interesting. Although, had we clumped eight in, eight off the top. Just because I want more eights. And I've been, despite any complaints we had about the Divergence universe storyline, I still enjoyed listening to them. And I just like, the more I listen to eight, the more I love eight. Sean, do you have your list? Oh, um... <laughs> you have to answer the question, too. <laughs> two's easy, because I, I, I do, I agree with you guys, we, we just we got so short-changed. And 
even if we had... We got shortchanged. We got people shortchanged. That, people that lived that era, at least. I'm got so that. envious yeah. of those people. <laughs> All you old people suck, because you got to see it. Uh, <laughs> but even if those episodes were found, even if that was the news, hey, you know what? It turns out the whole thing was true, that they found all of the missing episodes of, of Doctor Who. And even if that was true and we had them and we could just and devour them and mainline them and, and, and all that kind of stuff, I still feel like it wouldn't be enough. I still feel like there was such great Doctor Companion chemistry with mm-hmm. with, Pert, uh, with uh, Troughton and Zoe and uh, Jamie. That that you know, regardless of whether or not the story sucks or not, like you said, the doctor always lifts you through. That is always there to yes, more of this. Um, but that one's almost too easy because of it. Because oh, well, we're missing episodes. Um, this sounds weird. I I've had my fill of Tom. I know weird, um, but just because I have such a wealth of that seven years living through it and 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 watching it and growing up with it. I'm okay with that. My seven years—that's that's a nice cap, I think, for, for any doctors. Like you had seven years on TV, you're done. Thank you. Here's the door. Um, and I, I wish all of them had gotten seven years. I could have dealt with, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I could have dealt with some more Pertwee. I could have dealt with some more, um, but uh, uh, all of the later doctors, especially. And this might surprise you. I think I'm going to say five. Not necessarily because I'm enjoying them to that level. But just because I want more to unlock, I still I still feel like Davison is the Doctor I haven't unlocked in my head yet. I still feel like he's the one that I'm missing a piece of that puzzle as to why why don't I like him more than I than I than I do. I still enjoy him, but I don't mm-hmm. I don't love him to the level that I love some of these other guys, or that I've come to appreciate some of these other guys with six and seven and some of the big finish stuff that we've done. I just don't feel like I'm there yet with Davison's Doctor. And so he's actually the one that I think I would pick that I wish there was more of so that I could go and really, you know, tear into it and, 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 and work with that. It doesn't help that we haven't been overly impressed by his big finish yet. That could be. I mean, maybe, we, we, maybe, have, we haven't got to his good big finish. Maybe if we had the level of, 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 of quality that we've had with six and seven and eight and the big finish that we've listened to for five, maybe I would feel differently Get about that. Get spare parts on the <laughs> schedule, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> You're waiting until 10th planet, aren't you? We're going we're gonna to pair those up, aren't we? Maybe. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> When's 10th planet come out again? <laughs> I don't, well, we, we don't have a date for you. I still don't have a date, Derek. We have strayed off of our 7th Doctor <laughs> era, but I think we've kind of said all we can about Seventh Doctor, so um, I'd like to wrap the show up early this week. So okay. We don't. Uh, we have another one under. Don't need hours. to stretch it. <laughs> That's right. No, 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 no need. I love McCoy. I will always love McCoy. Meeting McCoy for me was the icing on the cake. Meeting McCoy for you was the the window opening into that. Well, maybe I should like this guy a little bit yep. more. So <laughs> that is true. And the only no, yeah, the only Doctor that I've met, Second Doctor, they have an autograph from, but the yep. only one that I've met. So. Paul McGann, just as cool as you would think. <laughs> when you just you see him, and you're like, hey, that's the guy that does. Yeah, that's Paul McGann. He's he's that cool. Well, I can't wait to see him in Chicago. I know. Are you going? <laughs> I, I doubt it. I don't have the money. Uh, anyway, Doctor Phil, we want to come. All right. Well, what's next up in the schedule? Well, There's next on the schedule, then <laughs> the uh, one on the website is 
Almost out. Yeah, about to run out. <laughs> I, so. I, I, I plan on polishing off the next batch of scheduling mm-hmm. news, which the reason that it's almost out is because I will be missing a week coming up here uh, toward the end of uh, September. I am going to Hawaii to visit my brother. Hold your complaints. I'm sorry. My brother lives in Maui. I can't help that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're going to throw a book report at you that uh, that these guys will get to do. And I'll miss my first show, 140. What will that be? 43 episodes or something. And I'll miss my first one. And you'll have to deal without me. And I'll be interested to see how much the dynamic... Are we going to draw straws at who has to do the the, uh, feedback song? No, he he doesn't always do the feedback (laughs) song, so I think we can go without that. (gasps) You can't go without. I'll do the old one. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. I expect you both to do a feedback song. (laughs) I'll do a duet. Ooh. <laughs> this is getting better and better. Maybe I won't go. <laughs> I'm just going to take the night off. All right, go. You would stay yes. here and not go to Hawaii? To hear the two of you just sing? to hear two of us sing? Oh, yeah. Well, not so much. Uh, <laughs> it will be a recording. Yeah, that's true. I'll catch it on the rerun. Um, so next week we're finishing up the Green Death, parts four through six for Friday Night Who with Pertwee. And then episode 140. We will be discussing the Green Death and all manner of tie-in, I imagine, to the Sarah Jane Chronicles that we just finished, or Sarah Jane Adventures with uh, Joe and whatnot. And then starts the 11 Weeks for 11 Doctors, which I'm still finalizing. So we will we'll get that out, and we'll have the book report for you, and everything will be up above board so that everybody can get on with it. I will tell you... We did share that we're counting down. We're counting down. Well, yeah, we're, going, we're starting with 11. Yeah. Uh, but I will share that uh, after the Green Death... Because we will be entering our eighth Doctor Celebration Month, uh, Big Finish number seventy-two, Terra Firma, is on that that week. So you've got two weeks to listen to that Big Finish audio. So you might want to go ahead and start on it. Okay. Just just throwing that out there for everybody, so there's no surprises coming two weeks from now. Not being a Sean and going, man, I listened to this Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks from that. Don't be a Sean. Don't be a Sean. Or a stay in school. <laughs> And, uh, we'll that would be a Sean. <laughs> stay, stay, in school. Stay, in school. stay in school. Stay in school forever. Don't be a Sean. Graduate. Stay in school. <laughs> Don't be a Sean. Graduate. <laughs> Don't just keep going back for more. But uh, I could have had a doctorate. <laughs> I could be a professor yeah, might as by well. now. Yeah. By now. I think I'll go home and tell them all that. You know what I decided? This whole uh, this whole media thing is not going. I think I'm going to go back to school for. Uh, uh, I'm going to go to medicine now. I'm going to be a doctor. How many more years? I don't know. Forty. <laughs> so all right. there's that. But I'll, I'll get that all posted and uh, and uploaded hopefully tomorrow. And Glenn has all the show notes and everything uh, for there. So I think that does it for us. All right. Well, if that is going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Earwax. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.